All right, Hockey Night and Canada Leafs talk. Uh, JD Bunkus, Justin Bourne. Again, go buy Bourne's book. Uh, just immediate plug right off the top in case you're watching it for the first time. Come Guy on, wrote huh? an excellent book called Down and Back, and I think that you should read it because I read it, and it's really good, and you'll feel smarter, and you'll feel better as you're, about yourself as a human being. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to start with this. I got a couple stories of the game, Bourne. I'm going to run these down with you. I'm just going right. to start with this one. Um, you know, you are a big process versus results guy, yes. and I can't help but come away from this game with pure process versus results. And basically how this game is dumb sometimes in the sense of Carolina draws an early power play at the very beginning of the game and they outshoot the Leafs 16 to six. Yeah. Toronto starts the second period with a power play and they proceed to hold Carolina to not having a shot for basically 10 minutes. Um, I think a lot of times we talk about how power plays can create and not create momentum. I just thought that was basically the story of tonight's game in terms of the result, which is the power plays early really tilted the ice for two teams for two, pa- for uh, two periods. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it is the power plays that like continue to lead to the events that came next, but sure was the case tonight that there was long runs of sustained dominance, but in terms of like general process, I, that's as good as the Leafs have looked over a stretch of a hockey game on the road, up against a good team, you know, behind in a game that was really encouraging. I thought I saw a lot of things tonight where I was like, I think this is really trending in a positive direction after some initial shakiness post deadline. Buddy, I completely agree. And maybe now we just completely move to the process versus results. Carolina is the number one team in hockey at limiting opponent shots. Yeah. Only the Boston Bruins have cracked 40 against them. And the Leafs did that tonight. And man, I just, I know that Matthews was the main guy tonight. I think he ended up with 12 shots. He might've gotten one more down the stretch there. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think he had 12 felt like he never came off the ice for the first two periods of the game. Like he was just dominating it, but I could not believe the ease in which Toronto was able to generate offense against a team that, yeah, pretty much unanimously, Every single analyst in the game loves to gush about the way that they play defense and the way that yeah. they're coached and structured and everything about it. Yeah. If you look at the, um, you know, sport logic, their IQ website in terms of defensive play, like the Bruins have given up less goals, but the Canes are better in every category. They are yeah. to me, the best defensive team in the NHL. I did think in the first period, the Leafs had trouble getting inside. And I was really like, all right, Kipper will love this. It's a playoff game. Like this is when the Leafs are supposed to see what they can do. They can't get in. It's a good defensive team. Can they find a way? And yeah, they found their way to three goals, which pretty darn good and got, you know, as you mentioned, 40 shots. So I, I, yeah, good process overall. You know what though? I thought the same thing, man. And and if anything, like I know that some people are going with the Babcock, you got to start on time and hammering this team for that. They're on the road and they took that penalty and they got, kind of hemmed in for the first little bit they were just oh, that penalty was so dumb yeah it was a dumb penalty thank you yeah. for that it was a very dumb penalty but they recovered from it fairly quickly like shots were 16 to 6 but basically from the second half of the first period onward i thought toronto pretty much dominated this hockey game and yeah. you're right i had the similar thought it's funny it was in my notes of not getting inside not getting inside and then all of a sudden that just sort of changed because austin matthews who wow did he, did he grow I feel like he's one of those kids, in, know. you know, when you're in junior high and one kid shows up and they're yeah. like three inches taller and you're like, what happened to you at summer vacation? <laughs> yeah. That's like Matthews all yeah. of a sudden yeah. uh, for the last stretch of games. He's just, is it just me or is he using his size way more to his advantage all of a sudden? 
you know, I'll just say the thing that I text you was like, never have a been, a, have I been more convinced that a player just didn't really try from October to February, like not that he, he had 30 some goals. He was good, but like, sure. there's clearly another gear there. And I don't care if his wrist was bothering him or not. He's doing it with his body and his feet. I, I got to tell you this. I was so sick of the Matthews has 30 goals conversation or the Matthews has X amount of goals conversation. Yeah, like, like half as many yes, as last year. He's very good. And he also happens to play with guys who make double digits of the millions of dollars. Like yeah. it, he sleepwalks into those numbers. What yeah. everyone talked about. Well, Horvat has 35. Like, yeah, you know. dude, the, if anything he's doing right now is validating all of the takes about him. It's not yeah. the other way around. That's the player he should be. That's the guy that won a heart trophy. That's the guy that spurred conversations about, okay, McDavid's better, but how much better is he? Yeah. This is the this guy could be the greatest American-born hockey player conversations. Like all of the things that he did tonight were genuinely breathtaking. And again, I I I come back to kind of similar things, but I don't think that there's many compliments better than feeling like a hockey player does not come off the ice and then checking the game notes and seeing that the minutes are far fewer yeah. than what you actually think they were. He was dominant tonight. You know, it's one of the reasons that I do wonder about 11 and seven. Like, I'm not going to like it. It's not going to be my first choice, but like the Leafs are a little top heavy. And so when there's six guys or five guys, whatever you think they're top, you know, the, the top tier cuts off with O'Reilly, you know, getting those guys in the ice more is not an awful thing. Like it does feel like they get more interesting combinations that if you're the other team, you're going, well, we're trying to, you know, get out there against their best guys. But once in a while, one of them plays with camp, camp and yeah. Achari, like, yeah, we can't escape them. Okay, well, then that brings me to topic number three for the evening, which is the top six to me is now completely settled because Callie Yarncroc continues to just take a step forward as a player. That shot tonight that he ripped, yeah. we all know he has the shot. Just like Matthews found uh, out that he's big, Callie Yarncroc seems to have figured out that putting the puck maybe a qu couple of inches lower in terms of where he's aiming, like yeah. maybe he's, I'm doing my second stupid analogy here. He's like when you have a gun and the gun sight. <laughs> The sight is broken, so you have to adjust with the sight. And you know yeah. that it's lying to you. You just have to shoot it like a little bit lower and a little bit to the left yeah. because it's not a trustworthy sight. The I most think. white horse reference of our yeah. career to working together. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's true. Hey, uh, that shot a lot of guns in my life. What am I going to tell you? Uh, I, I just think that's where he's at right now. He looks confident. Yeah. He looks engaged. I thought the Leafs in general were just extremely strong on the puck tonight where it felt like they were kind of bullying that big team, but Cali Yarncroc as well, like getting back on the D zone, ripping a goal. He yeah. looks like a new man. He looks like a great signing for Kyle Dubas right now. If he's that for four years, you're golden. Yeah. You know, there are elements. So he's never going to be Zach Hyman. He's not even Michael Bunting offensively, but he does provide a consistent effort. So like his bad games are fine. Like he, he won't notice him. He won't do much, but he's never really terrible. You trust him to provide like a layer of defensive responsibility for Marner and Matthews, the way that Zach Hyman used to and Bunting kind of does for them. So you've got a couple of ways that he's fine outside of scoring and then he can just shoot it hard. You know, and you play with two guys, you're going to get open. Like you're the guy, they have the gravity. You're going to be open. At least he can put it on net and challenge the goalie. Okay. So this is actually my entire take with him is we don't notice him in the bottom six because he's not with guys that can create space. And he is just one of those guys where all of a yeah. sudden the other two are drawing a ton of attention and he gets that extra little foot in front of him, that extra patch gets an extra second with it and can actually rip it and create something for you. So, yeah. you know, you would text me, Matthew Nyes is heading to the frozen four. 
I know a lot of fans were very excited about him joining the Maple Leafs. He mm-hmm. will with two games to spare. I just do think that there's something to be said for, hey, um, that guy was not going to unseat Cali Yarncroft. And I said right. it on your show the other day that he was all gravy. But yeah, for a team that we discuss about secondary scoring, secondary scoring, secondary scoring so often, I think we've put that through the lens of it has to be guys in the bottom six. Mm-hmm. And he's a middle six guy who's playing up with the top six forwards, but Nick Ritchie couldn't do it. Kelly Yarncroft's doing it. He's got 17 goals this year. Like he's very, he's yeah. got a good shot at 20. That to me is secondary scoring. That to me is a missed narrative. Yeah, if you if yeah, I'm with you. That's a good point. People are like, they're looking for bottom six, not outside of the big four scoring or whatever to call it depth scoring. But yeah, that is another. It's just found money for them, and so and Matthew seems to like it. Uh, Sheldon Keith, the day after playing with the, it was Yarn Crock and Matthews together. He was like, yeah, uh, you know, Matthews encouraged us to stick with that, and I was like, I bet he did because it's yeah. that or Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, he's like, I actually like assists. Assists yeah. are nice. Hey coach, uh, can I play with a guy who can shoot it? Thank you. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Um, it it's kind of funny watching Kerfoot right now, not it be in the top six and just be in his proper role, which is yeah, go try to get that puck from the corner. Oh, wait, it stayed along the boards. Uh well, yeah. there you go. At least yeah. the time came off the clock. Congratulations. Alex, you're gonna start in our end, finish in theirs, get yeah. to the bench. Hey, and you know what? I think he's actually pretty good at that. That's Do you a- pay three and a half million dollars for that trait? Probably not, but less Good treat to have, but yeah, it's, it's a $1 million trait. <laughs> My guess is that his contract this summer will not be equivalent to what he was making before. That's going to be a tough one when you're in your prime and you don't get a raise. Like, yeah. He'll be, you know. he'll be like, you played 82 games and you had six goals. You played yeah. with Matthews and Marner. I don't even know what he <laughs> yeah. has at this point, but uh, maybe Vancouver would be nice. Uh, point number yeah. four, the game winning goal for Carolina. Um, so I, I brought this up on your show. But where Matt Murray struggles, broken plays. Mm -hmm. Where you want to put Ilya Samsonov in, broken plays. And I thought tonight for Matt Murray, it was a pretty quiet night. There wasn't much going on. You thought, hey, maybe this guy was going to string a couple of nice wins together, a couple of nice performances together. A broken play happens. He's not able to get across his crease. Always four goals. Another four-goal night. And what ends up happening is they are able to stuff one home. Like, it's a tough goal. It's a yeah. nice goal by, I think it was Nosen, uh, or Nosek, sorry, that ends up putting it in. And, uh-huh. oh, wait, I, I might be screwing this up. But, yes, whoever banged in that puck. Oh, yeah. wait, I'm, I'm confusing the goals. I'm, talk, I'm thinking about the third goal that they ended up scoring in this game. The oh, okay. broken play where he's going across the net. Yeah, I forgot that Aho uh-huh. ripped that one. Yeah. The t- game-tying goal for this one, or the third goal of the game, is, yeah, a broken play where he can't get across. And you go, that's kind of one of them where – you're mm-hmm. trying to make this evaluation of, well, which goalie should you put in that? If you want the guy who's going to make the save on the broken play, it's, it's still not him. That was a tough yeah. look, I thought, for him. Yeah, you know, it's one of those ones where I haven't been comfortable with him, and it's that I need him to, like, take that away from me. I need him to play so well that that goes away, and it's just nights like that, even though, again, he's not awful. It's just I don't I, – he doesn't make me comfortable. That fourth goal, which I thought you were talking about, it's also the Lilligren play to me that is going to keep him out of the lineup where the puck gets flipped out of the zone. He bats it down, can't quite get it out. It stays in the zone, and now it's 4-3. Yeah, sorry. I did get those confused. It was the third goal where it was yeah. just, yes, the broken play around the net. The fourth goal I did have in my notes. I go, it's Morgan Riley and Timothy Lilligren on the ice, and I'm sorry. Like, Riley is not able to make the play over to his side. Lilligren, yeah. same thing that you just mentioned, and you go, right, 
that might look good in the offensive zone. You're never going to make me comfortable with that come playoff time. Uh, yeah. They I'm, tried. They they had him start that shift in the ozone, but it came back quick. I know. It's like sometimes <laughs> it, it can it doesn't have to necessarily stay there. Right. Um, two last things. They were rapid fire. I had Lilligren and Riley, so that one's gone. Um, good call by the refs. They made a mistake. Yeah. They blew the whistle, and they actually got together and did the right thing, which was, hey, this was the right call. That was a goal. Two of us saw it. You didn't. Let's do the right thing. If I'm Rod Brindamore, I'll take I, if you I lose that hockey game like I'm waiting for those referees You're in the Fred tunnel. Van Vliet and oh, the presser after <laughs> oh my God. I thought about it that was flipped but yeah I yeah. thought that that was like kudos to the refs everybody rips them all the time but they did what I expect officials to do which is hey there's more than one of you so why not come together and make the right yeah. call you did it there good job it's funny because I was shocked by that and I was like I, maybe we saw something like that last year a continuation call which I tend to think of as a basketball word but yeah. you know I you watch the replay everyone kept playing like no one can make the claim that they stopped playing and that's why the goal happened so yeah good call yeah good job by them again I you're right the word continuation I went that's a rule. I was like, that's oh, one of those no. things where if I, I was watching with a bunch of people who know what I do and I'd be like, yeah, I know that's a rule. <laughs> continuation rule. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah play professionally. No, uh, it's continuation. Everybody knows about that in hockey. <laughs> Duh. And one. <laughs> yeah. Last thing. Um, Nylander, I thought was moving his feet really well tonight. And it's something yeah. that has not been noticeable for him as of late. I wondered what you think about it. Yeah. Notice that too. Good stuff in the ozone. I, He's the guy when I say like they need to get to the inside, he he's the guy because he actually scores quite a bit in there. And just like he goes through stretches where it's just easier not to do that. So when he gets inspired and usually takes Sheldon Keefe saying something, uh, he, he definitely is better at that. So, yeah, it was a, another good game for him there. I thought the all the all the top guys are pretty good. Yeah, all the top guys were solid. Bunting was tough. I, I just I like that Nylander drew a penalty where it was just his yeah. feet moving. Um, it was a big moment for the Leafs. I like that for him. Um, yeah, just a quality game. It's weird to think about this one where they lost, where I went, everything in my notes is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah other than a couple of bad plays and a couple of scrambles and the puck just went against them and you go, damn, that yeah. one sucks, but can't really be too upset about that one. And um, now they hop on a plane, fly through the night, land in Nashville, go to bed at 3 a.m. and play at six o'clock tomorrow. So yeah, I'm sure that it luck. took nothing out of them tonight, getting those 40 plus shots <laughs> yeah, against Carolina to get no points. I'm yeah, sure they're pumped uh, to go that, start they, over in Nashville. Yeah. Don't go out in Nashville, uh, fellas uh, for JD yeah. Bunkus, Justin Bourne. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe to the podcast leave five stars if you enjoy it uh thanks to producer david sis uh i will see you tomorrow with Haley salvin we'll talk to you then